You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. Hello, everyone. I hope your weekend was fabulous. Thank you for joining us tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show with me, Laura Bellata. I'm a date coach and matchmaker at singleinthecity.ca. Many people desire long-term relationships or even marriage. However, once couples are happily in their unions or these unions, their sex lives seem to be put through the test of time. Sex is one of the most significant and even vital aspects of a successful relationship with your partner. However, only 48% of Canadians report being happy with their sex life. So if sex feels more like a chore than a novelty, or if you and your partner are actively trying to spice things up but seem to be getting nowhere, the advice of a sexologist or sex therapist may be helpful to regain that spark in your sex life. Today in the studio, filling in for Sandra Carusi is my friend. He's our co-host today. He's also a comedian. Peter Anthony, welcome. Great to be here, although Sandra Carusi is very irreplaceable, as you know. But I will do my best today. <laughs> okay. And we welcome sexologist Den Temin. She's the founder and facilitator of Sexplore. We are discussing sexuality and intimacy within relationships. Welcome, Den. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here along yeah. with a comedian. I think this is going to be a great show, a comedian and a sexologist. What I, better? I researched <laughs> you a while ago, and then our um, awesome intern, um, Alicia, uh, found you again. So welcome, welcome. I'm very happy so, to be here. Yeah, so what is Sexplore centered around? Well, Sexplore... Sexplore is a dream. It's a, it's actually an organization that is a catalyst for change. I actually believe that sex can change the world. I'm on a pleasure revolution to change the world one orgasm at a time. So How can it change the world? How can it change the world? People get connected to themselves and people get to connect with their partners and with lovers and with other people. And that energy just permeates in every aspect of your life. It's about body image. It's about intimacy. It's about vulnerability. It's about pleasure. Mm. So uh, do you uh, think that seeing a sexologist is only necessary when things are going wrong or stagnant in a relationship? Not really. See, like you were saying before, Sexplore is an organization that is a catalyst for change. And we want to create sex-positive environments for people to be able to be self-empowered. So whether you're facing an obstacle or you want to grow as an individual or as a couple, Seeing a sexologist is a space that can allow that for you. It's not only about obstacles. It's about growth. It's about connection. So you don't have to be in trouble to come and see me. You can just be curious. Really? And so curious people, just curious people come and see you? Well, our sexualities change throughout our our lifetimes, right? We go through menopause. We go through having children. We go through being in a relationship for a long time and not connecting to our partners. So Throughout the different life changes and life cycles, people just get curious. Our bodies change. Our body images change. Maybe we feel more empowered, less empowered. So curiosity is what brings people to my door. And what other areas of sexuality can people get help with? People can get help with body image. People can get, he- can get help with anxiety, performance anxiety. So whether you are not able to get an erection or you freeze up or you fake an orgasm. So all those things um, are Would you say anxiety. that's one of the most common problems that people come see you about? Like what is the common problem? I'm sure there's a, there, there are a lot of them, but if you had to choose one. 
Okay. How about if I had to choose three? Okay, that's that's even better. That's tell even, us three. I'll tell you three. Um, I don't feel connected to my partner anymore, or I don't feel connected to myself. So it's about connection. So it's either connection with oneself or connection with one's partner or partners, because there can be folks with multiple partnered relationships. Um, and how do you feel about that? How do you how do you feel about partners and multiple relationships? How do I feel about people in multiple partnered relationships? I think it's great. It's just another relationship structure. It's about choice, right? We are taught that monogamy is the only option, yeah. that it's the most normative one. But I, in, in actuality, people get to choose or should be able to choose whatever relationship structure best fits their lifestyle. But do you believe in monogamy? Because I don't think I do. I, I've read about this, and I just wanted to, to, to say, I, I think the correct term is polyamorous. Is that correct? That's Which is where you want to be with a bunch of different people? No, no. Here's the thing, Or though. is that where people just want to have sex with a parrot? That's what I thought it was, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. Let's be poly. Well, here you go. The thing is that multiple partnered relationships can be open relationships, can be polyamorous relationships, can be people who are in the lifestyle or swingers. That's why I'm using the term multiple partnered, because it's not only about polyamory. It's about people who choose to be with more than one partner. What about the multi-partner relationship where only one person in the relationship knows about it? Well, that's not multiple partners. That's, that's called cheating. That's called oh, cheating. Okay. Right. That's called an affair. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> that's called an affair. I think that's a really good point, actually. And because Laura asked, what do I think about it? Well, yeah, as long how as do you feel about that? As long as it's consensual, people need to consent. It's not the norm, right? It really isn't the norm. Well, it's growing. The yes. thing is that it's and why in, do you think it's growing? Because it's like anything else in this world becoming more visible. It's not that it's growing. It's always existed. It's just becoming more visible and accepted by society. And We're just can... shining a light on it now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that's, I believe thank that you, that's the thanks truth. Thanks to technology. Right. <laughs> we have the internet. We have radio. We have TV. Right? So there's just much, much more visibility. So I cut you off. Did you go through all three? I think we only got to one or two. Connection, performance, and anxiety. And the third one is exploring new desires how do i tell my partner that i'm interested in something that they might not be interested in Ooh, that would be a tough one i bet you a lot of people break up after that conversation <laughs> not if we not if we talk about it in a way that is positive for everybody your kink might not be my kink but your kink is okay and my kink might not be your kink but my kink is okay yeah don't uh, yuck my yum. That's all I say. What is that? Don't yuck my yum. Okay. Don't yuck my yum. I new like word that. of the day. <laughs> a new phrase of the day. Mm. Okay, we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. Stay with us. We're talking about sex and relationships. You're listening to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio, AM 640. And we're back and we're talking about sex and relationships with Dan Temin. She is a sexologist here in Toronto as well. My co-host today is comedian Peter Anthony and this my is, friends. This is uh, an Thank you for show filling so in for Sandra Carusi. I- I'm happy to be here and it's uh, one of my favorite topics. She actually suggested you. Really? She, yeah. Good she Lord. must have a hard on for you. They say talk about what you know, so here we go. <laughs> so I want to talk about the types of relationship issues when it comes to sex, okay? So, Den, um, what are some of the sexual counseling differences that you find in relationships with people with kids and without kids? They say that when you have kids, your life changes completely. 
Well, I hear that too, and I see that. And it's true, right? Mm -hmm. It's a complete lifestyle change. All of a sudden, you're responsible for another human being. For nine months, your body, if you're the one caring, is changing completely. Your hormones go out of this world. And sexuality and sex is also very... It's very mechanical if we think about it in the anatomy way. You have hormones and you have the central nervous system. And when you're pregnant, your hormones are balanced in a different way. So your libido changes. So I've never been pregnant. Do women tend to get hornier when they're here's pregnant the thing, or here's is the that thing. the opposite? Because well, they're afraid th- to hurt the baby. But I heard men are afraid to hurt the baby. Here's the thing with sex. Sex is not a one size fits all. Some women or people that are carrying babies, are, their hormones might change their libido to increase it. For others, their libido might decrease. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's about how your body responds to the changes. Now, people don't know that you can have sex while you're pregnant. A lot of people come and ask me. I, I do a lot of prenatal counseling for people and postnatal. Can we have sex? What positions can we use? Will we be hurting the fetus? Those are the main concerns. Sex isn't only about penetration. Number one, you can have sex in so many different ways. You can touch, you can connect, it can be sensual. Now you're asking about children versus not children. Once the babies are born and they're in your lives, there's a a little disconnection between couples because all of a sudden they have to focus all of their energy into this new human People without children, they, like, they, they face different obstacles. They don't have little humans running around the household all the time. They don't have to think about, will I be making noise? Will I not be making noise? Will my children see this? Will my children not see this? What, what am I going to tell my children about sex? So it's just different obstacles. It's not that people without children don't face obstacles in sex. It's just the, the, the obstacles are different. You have kids that are sleeping in the house. You don't know if you can make noise. You don't know if you're connected. You, you don't, don't know if they're going to walk in on you. You don't know if they're going to walk in on you. And Definitely you also, don't want that. That is traumatizing. It you is. can trust me on that one. You know what? It can. <laughs> it depends on how you react to it. It can or it can. It's about how we normalize sex. I but what about, what it, about these families? In diff- I mean, we're lucky in in a country like Canada. A lot, of, a lot of families grew up in large homes, so there's separate parts of the home and bedrooms and everything. What about these communities or places in the world where the family lives in one room what are those what's that mom and dad doing <laughs> that, that i mom have and no dad, idea that just, mom and just dad turn or your that, heads kids well no here you that mom and dad or that mom and mom or that dad and dad might be doing the same thing that we do in big houses they're waiting for them to go to bed exactly they wait for them to go to bed sex should be normalized right it's about how you talk about it it's about pleasure you can you can actually teach a one-year-old about sex that is age appropriate can't right? you just say we're wrestling you could. You could. Yeah. We're wrestling. It's intergender wrestling. Depends on the age of the child. Exactly. Yeah, Laura, Anthony. words of wisdom. It's all about the age of the child. Yeah. So people that have children just have different obstacles. So what should men keep in mind if, they're, if their wife is pregnant and she's just got low libido? Um, what should they keep in mind? Well, they should they should look at their own libido, right? Do I have libido or do I not have? Because they well, most men do, right? Well, not really. A lot of them can also be stressing about becoming new dads, and that's something that we don't think about. We put so much pressure on the fact that guys always want to have sex, and even though they will say they always do, that's not really the case. Sometimes, sometimes they get stressed. Sometimes work. Sometimes becoming a dad. What you need to consider is where is your partner in terms of desire, and ask them where are you in terms of desire. And what kinds of activities would you like to do? 
People think, again, that sex is only about penetration, but sex can be about connection. Maybe she wants a great massage that can be... Oh, a yes, set, please. Right? Massage. I love A massage. sensual, erotic massage that could lead to other things or not, but it's a type of sexual connection. It's just about how are you perceiving sex and how can you actually have a sensual, erotic connection. Okay, so do you guys agree with this? So for a guy, it's definitely one of the most important things, if not the most important thing, it's a primal thing, really, sex. On the other hand, many women would say it's just as important, but maybe more likely to overlook the issue um, if everything else in the relationship is going well. Peter? Uh, yeah, I think for, for a guy, certainly, we're biologically predisposed to spread our seed. So we definitely want to do that so as do much you as choose we possibly a woman, can. Would you choose a woman based on sex? Yes. Okay. Have I, and has it worked out? Yes and no, but uh, it, yes and yes. Are you single too. right now? I didn't ask you. <laughs> I'm I'm currently seeing somebody right now, okay. but it's brand new. So uh, it's always brand new every time I I see you. <laughs> so you have, that's perfect. So you have new relationship energy. I do have new relationship energy. Yeah. So you're always going to be a bachelor? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying that. I'm just I just haven't locked the right one down yet. So, okay. but I'm 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 open to being with someone in a monogam monogamous relationship. I absolutely am. I just haven't found the right one yet. And I mean, sex is a big part, of course, when you first start meeting someone and first start going out. It's almost the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have that chemistry right away, it almost falls by the wayside, the new relationship. But what makes you think that women don't have that desire as well? I think that it's very invisibilized. And there's a space that doesn't allow women to say, I am super sexual and this is incredibly important. Because if you go around and you ask women, most of them are not going to say that. Because if they do, what will they be branded as? Sluts. Oh, you're slutty. If you really want sex or sex is important in the relationship, you're slutty. The thing is that when they come to my office and they have the confidentiality, they actually say sex is as important as it is to their husbands or spouses or partners. Good answer. We need to take a break. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio and 640. More with sex and relationships when we come back. Now back to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio AM 640. Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640 with me, Laura Bellata of singleinthecity.ca and we have Den Temin. She's a sexologist. She's in our studio today. My co-host today is comedian Peter Anthony. Great to be here. I'm learning a lot of new things. Yes, we're talking about sex and relationships, so stay with us. What an interesting show. So, Den, um, do you ever counsel couples that are having an issue because one person doesn't feel comfortable doing something that the other person wants them to do? That is probably like 90% of my practice. Really? Okay. Yes, of course. Everybody's shy, right? Number one... Can the person express what they actually want? But you think they wouldn't be shy when they've been in a relationship for so long. I mean, if you've been with someone for 10 years, like what is there to be shy about? Do you know how much sex negativity and shame and taboos we carry from when we're children? To really be able to express desire first to oneself and then to your partner is one of the most difficult things to do. To actually say, I think I might be into this. I'm not sure, but maybe I want to explore it. To oneself and then to say to your partner, Hey, baby, what do you think about this? I know that this is incredibly taboo. And this is something that happens a lot in BDSM circles, right? Consensual non-consent. 
Okay. That can be a fantasy. What do I mean? What do I mean by that? A lot of people think that consensual non-consent can only be rape fantasy, right? A lot of people have a lot of rape fantasies within consent. So I want to feel this well, it's consensual. Things that are taboo for many people, anal sex and pleasure in anal sex can be taboo. So there are different desires that people experience, but they just don't know how to communicate it to their partners. So how would you advise couples that are going through this? First of all, I would ask couples, when was the last time that you connected to your own desire? Like, what do you desire? What are your fantasies? And what are things that you would not tell your partner? We do some exercises where they can write it down or we do art therapy where we can do a sexual body mapping so they don't actually have to talk about it because you have different ways to communicate. Sexual language can be visual, can be verbal, can be nonverbal, can be written. There are many ways to communicate about sex. And if they can't actually talk about it, how do we find spaces to be able to communicate about it without, again, and I tell them, don't yuck my yum. Just because you're in... Don't yuck my yum, I'm, I'm everybody. Getting, I'm, I'm having that tattooed on my back. That's, <laughs> that is the best thing I've heard in a long time. Okay. At you, least communicate about it. And when we communicate about it, we'll take it from there. Well, you touched on masturbation. Uh, is, is that a pun? Is that, is she that touched a, on masturbation? Well, she just touched well done, on Laura. it. Wait, is... Just a tip. <laughs> uh, just a tip. Is it a form of, of sex? Of Yes. Yes, it Even is. Even when you're... You have, it's like a form of sex with yourself? It's solo sex. How okay. many types of sex can you have? It's incredible. As long as there and is And it's healthy, pleasure, right? It's incredible. Okay, see, every- listen, everybody at home. Masturbation is healthy. It's self-pleasure. It's a way of discovering your body. And you can even do self-pleasure with your partner while you're doing it separately. But, but I think it wouldn't be healthy if you're only masturbating and you're not having sex with your partner, right? Well, because... Depends. Really? It depends. What if your partner just went through an illness or a yes, mental health breakdown? Yes, and I want to talk about that. I'll say this too, if I could just interject. Uh, uh, Masturbation is not only a great thing to do on your lunch hour, but it's also very good. <laughs> or it's in the also, car. It's also, yeah, on, on your drive in to traffic. work. It's also very good for a man's prostate. It and, is. And a lot of people don't know this. And the more a man masturbates, the less chance he'll develop prostate cancer. So yes, my friends listening, cancer can be beaten. <laughs> well... <laughs> Just as long as like, you teach children, right? There are private point. spaces and there are public spaces. But yeah, all for self-pleasure. It has, like you said, it has a lot of health benefits. You get to know your body, right? You can communicate better with your partner. Now, if you're not having sex with your partner, the issue is not that you're masturbating, is that you're not connecting to your partner. One doesn't have to deal with the other. Yeah. And you guys can masturbate together, right? You can totally can. But I think in a lot of relationships, uh, and I mean, I, I only have experience with, with guy-girl relationships where the girl actually would get mad at the guy for masturbating. That happens yeah. a lot. We get I mad. think that, we but get, that comes from insecurity on the girl's part. She's insecure. Really? Yeah. We get mad, we get mad with each other about so many different things. Yeah, but I mean that's that's a that's a deal breaker. You can't you can't get upset at a guy for doing that. That's, no, that's, that's like ridiculous. Getting a, that's like getting upset at a guy for, you know. Uh, but uh, then in that on the case, seat. in that just case, happens. don't masturbate in front of her. Just you know, do it in the shower or something. Like, I mean, why does she have to see it? That's why we got kicked out of the bay. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Anthony, I swear. Okay, so New York Times reported that fifty four percent of men mm-hmm. and forty two percent of women that were married or in long-term relationships said that they were unhappy with the frequency of sex in their relationship. So why does sex decrease significantly after you've been with someone for a long time? Two words, busy and stale. We get busy. 
we always delegate sex to the corner to it just lacks importance in our lives we have work we have kids we have our professional lives we have friends we have so many different things that we don't pay enough attention to our sexual connection so that's one of the things that becomes stale we either become very busy or it becomes very stale you need to ignite the spark all the time yeah just just out of curiosity what are some things off the top of your head that can keep the spark alive or reignite it having a sexual date whether it's sensual erotic right and there's two different things sex is both sensual and erotic think about it sensual in the senses right visual auditory taste touch smell and the erotic is your imagination so as long as you have sexual dates at least once a week whether you go watch burlesque have an amazing aphrodisiac dinner touch each other but how many people would actually go watch burlesque i've never thought hey honey let's go watch burlesque i've watched burlesque did you know that toronto with a girl toronto has amazing burlesque toronto is an extremely central and sexual city it's amazing yeah and what other things can people do to maintain a healthy sex life people can go to workshops you know what we're going to come back to this very interesting stay with us we're talking about sex and relationships on the dating and relationship show listening to the dating and relationship show with laura bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on talk radio am 640 and we're back what an interesting show love the show sandra would have loved to been here today i'll have to come back then yeah you'll have to come back we have den temen she's a sexologist and we have uh, comedian peter anthony yes you do have me co-host today and we're talking about sex and relationships. So before the break, we were talking about some things you suggest to maintaining a healthy sex life. And I want you to continue with that, please. Going to sex workshops. Honestly, if you think that you know everything, this is something that happens with guys. They don't want to go to workshops because they think they know everything. And you can learn a few new tricks every time. So educating yourself a bit more, going out on dates, communicating before, during, and after. If you communicate about sex and sexuality and sensuality constantly... You're gonna you're gonna have a healthy lifestyle, a, a healthy, sexy lifestyle, because you're gonna be talking about the things that interest you, your fantasies. It doesn't always have to be about the same thing, but you can communicate about your fantasies, what went well, what could improve, what you would like to do. You can take sexy vacations. There are so many incredible places that you can go to. You talked about yeah, a cruise. I, uh, sorry, sorry. sorry. You yeah. talked about a cruise, a, a sex cruise. Yeah, well, part yeah, but of those are swinging places. Like some people don't yeah, want to swing. Here's the thing I go on these cruises at least three or four times a year that's part of the thing you get do. laid every time no because because <laughs> they're all clients I can't otherwise I lose my my board certification um, but when you go you I, I think that about 15 to 20 percent of the guests are not swingers they just go because of the really erotic and charged sexually charged environment you have theme parties people dress up it's amazing they have super sexy heroes and villains they have uh sexy pirates they have different things i'm coming with you next time you can come with me (laughs) you can definitely come with me they have classes they have all kinds of activities so it's not only about the swinging it's about being in an incredible sensual environment where you can be naked and and just be Would you suggest that couples watch porn together? Yes, as long as it is, I would say, feminist porn. 
there's a difference. Okay, Actually, what's the difference, please? What's because the difference? A lot of people don't know. Well, the difference is that feminist porn is centered around everybody's desires and needs. It doesn't sec- it doesn't hypersexualize anyone and the actors or the porn actresses and actors are actually enjoying themselves and they're part of the process and there's a sort of education around it. Actually in Toronto, like I said, Toronto's an amazing city. There's the International Porn Film Festival. It usually happens around the spring. It's uh, it was founded by Carlisle Jansen from Good for Her and they show I know her. You know, yeah. you should talk to her about it and they show incredible ethical and feminist porn every year and it's so different there's different types of bodies right and there's different types of ages it's not about just one look and one activity you have women who are larger women who are older women who are thinner you know there it's just very diverse they don't stop the porn halfway through and start arguing about wage inequalities do no they? totally okay. not okay. that would that would be a turn off yeah i, I wouldn't want to so. i would i wouldn't want to see that in my porn no, okay that makes two of us <laughs> what if someone has more sex drive than the other person one. Yeah. So one. Yeah. But that's the question. The one partner wants more sex than the other partner. That's why I asked. What do you suggest for them? That's why I asked when. Do you think that it's always going to be that one partner has more libido than the other? Libidos change. It's just about how you find the balance. You have to ask why is that person feeling less sexual? What are they really going through? Okay. So what if you're just not attracted to your partner in that way? And that happens a lot, you know? It does. People lose attraction and they gain attraction. After being with somebody for so many years, maybe you don't start being as attracted to them as when you have new relationship energy. So what I tell them is, let's start focusing on what can attract you about your partner now. What are things that you haven't been seeing that you can see now? Or what are things that have changed in your partner? People think that where there's only one marriage within the marriage. Actually, Esther Peril who's an amazing, amazing sex therapist, tells us that there can be many marriages or many relationships within the same relationship. It's just about how you ignite the spark and you start looking at your partner again and how you connect to yourself. Many times you lose libido or desire because of body image issues that you're going through. How about learning your partner's love language so that they know, uh, you know what they need and want in a relationship? You ever heard about that? I love the love language. I know. I wrote about it in my book. I actually don't even know what that means. You can educate me right now. I'm a total gift person. I love gifts. Yeah. And and, and I'm physical touch. Love language. Can you describe what love language is? A love language is, is what you need and want in a relationship in order to feel loved. So there's five of them. Words of appreciation. Words of affirmation. Yeah. yeah. Um, Acts of service. Yeah. Kindness. Um, Acts of service. Uh receiving gifts that's mine that's totally mine physical I love touch it. yeah is it who gets the towel afterwards is that one most men are physical touch actually oh yeah yeah that's that makes sense so if you know what your partner's love language is you can do for them what they need in that relationship in order to feel loved and that's why a lot of people they don't get along is because they're not getting that from their partner so it's exactly. very important uh, all of you at home to understand and learn what your partner's love language is and to know what yours is too. And I'm going to take it a bit further. I haven't developed this, but it's something that since I read the book, it's something that I've been thinking about. We have love languages, but I also think that we have sex languages. We have ways of connecting, ways of desire, ways of experiencing our sexuality that are important for us and basic needs for us to be able to connect with somebody sexually. So I think that there are also sex languages. I haven't developed it yet, but it's just something that is brewing in my head. If there are love languages, there should also be sex languages. What do we need in order to connect with each other, not only lovingly, but sexually? 
So what counseling advice do you offer people who are having sexual performance issues like erectile dysfunction, let's say? Get out of your heads. In a relationship. Get out of your heads. It's really performance issues is about anxiety. It's performance anxiety. It's about being in your mind instead of being in your body. You have to ground yourself. The more that you think that you can't get an erection, the less of an erection you're going to get because you're in your head and you have that tape. Oh, I can't I can't get it up. I can't get it up. I can't have an erection. So you're not in your body anymore. You're not feeling. But is that the case for like 50 plus men? Look, in some of these sex cruises, I've given workshops to people who are in their 80s or 90s. And they're still having erections. And they're still having erections. Good okay. ones? Amazing ones. Wow. So Way yeah. to go, Gramps. <laughs> it's all about being in your body. So what would I recommend? I recommend things like Tantra and Tao, right? Okay. We're going to come back to that, okay? Are you For okay, sure? Laura? <laughs> we need to take a break. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. Now, back to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio, AM 640. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We're talking about sex and relationships. And it's and only going to get steamier right yeah, now. Yeah, and you're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640 with me, Laura Bellata. We have Den Temin. She's a sexologist here. And my co-host today is comedian Peter Anthony, and he's cracking me up. Oh, my gosh. That's my job, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. In more ways than one. Dan, do you think it's uh, possible to have a healthy relationship without sex? I don't know what Peter's going to say, but I say yes. There are many people, there are people who are asexual that have incredible romantic um, connections that don't want to have sex. Yeah, as long as you're both on the same page. As long as you're both on the same page. Also, there might be periods in your time, again, what if you get a cancer diagnosis, right? And right at the beginning, you're like, oh my God, I can't think about sex right now, or my mother died. There are many times when sex is not going to be the focus of the relationship. And let's talk about that, because I know who someone who went through that. They had cancer, and they just, you know, after being poked and pried with needles, and the last thing you want to do is have sex. Well, her husband cheated on her, you know, but she forgave him because she understood it was a circumstance. So what do you suggest for couples going through something like that? What I suggest to couples who are not going through something like that, communicate. You need to communicate. Where are you and where is your partner? Very and good answer. And understand that you might not be in the same place. Like you might not want your body touched, but maybe he or she or they need to have their bodies touch or touch a body. How can we as a couple get over that and work as a team for both to get their needs met? Mm-hmm. I think the best uh, relationship without sex is a pet. <laughs> That's what I would say. The best one I ever had was with a dog. And then best non-sexual relationship, but... That's why people have pets. Oh, I love you want my companionship. dog so much. I you want companionship, him. right? And there's a love, give and take. There's no sex involved, hopefully. That's what I'm saying. But like I said, <laughs> right now we don't know much about asexual people because it's not as visible like polyamory was invisible before. But I think there's going to be a visibility on people who are asexual and are not having sexual relationships. Oh my relationships. goodness, we have not even covered half of what I wanted to cover today. So uh, this is such an interesting topic. We're going to have you back one day. So uh, how much sex, sex is healthy in a relationship? Peter, you want to answer that one for me? I don't, I don't think there's a number. Don't say daily, Peter, okay? <laughs> no, I, to be honest with you, I, I honestly don't believe there's a number. I think some couples uh, are, are... I would say at least once a week. Well, well you know some, what? Cu- some couples are, are likely to, to have sex several times a week, and some once a week, some once a month, but 
It's the quality. It's quality over, over, over quantity. I am agreeing with the comedian, and I love this. <laughs> you know, the sexologist and the comedian are on the same page. Actually, it's as much or as little as you want. As long as both of you are happy, if you want to have sex five times a day, and it's not in, like it's not interjecting with any other aspect of your life, and you can balance it, that's great. If you want to have sex once a week, that's great. If you want to have sex once a year, it's all about how you and your partner or partners decide what is healthy for you. Okay, and like, body body image. Body image. That's a huge one. That would take another hour. <laughs> well, let's let's cover it quickly. What, what do you, you want to know about body image? Well, you know, your body changes over time. You don't feel very comfortable with yourself. And I'm not saying everybody, but, you know, and that can really affect, you know, taking your clothes off. Of and, course and it, it can. can affect you, your you, sexual relationship. You lose connection with yourself. So yeah. how do you help people in that case? Well, number one, we have to desensitize them to whatever is going on. Pop culture, right? We have to understand. We have to find the beauty in ourselves. We have to get comfortable with our bodies. And if you're not comfortable with yourself, I suggest myself, you know, get comfortable with yourself. You know, do things that are going to make you happy and feel good, like working out and eating healthy. Would you, you know, would you agree with that? Or do pleasurable activities that feel good to your body. What feels good to your body? How are you seeing your body? How are you connecting to it? Sometimes it's not about exercise or eating healthier sometimes it's just about how do i perceive myself and where did i lose that connection understanding where you lost that connection so that you can regain it with yourself because a lot of women are like oh when i was in my 20s and now i'm 50 and i don't feel the same way and i'm like when did you stop feeling that connection to your body and how can we you're you're a work of art how can we admire this work of art again yeah and do you help a lot of people in your practice yeah both men and women yeah Oh, so have you ever dealt with one partner in a a relationship reaching out to you for help because they're no longer physically attracted to their partner? As they grow old together, yes. And sometimes it's not the person that is not physically attracted to the other person. It's about the person that doesn't feel that their partner is attracted to them anymore. And how do you help them? The same way that I would do with body image issues. I asked them, when did you lose that connection? And how can we regain it? What are aspects? We start with the small and not the big. What are parts of the body that you really love about your partner? If you can't see the whole big picture, let's start small. Do you love their hands? Do you love their ass? Do you love their legs? Do you love their toes? Do you love their eyes, their gaze, their voice? Where do we find the anchors of desire and attraction so that once we anchor ourselves in that, we start exploring the whole big picture. So Sexplore offers sensual retreats and home parties to welcome sexual sanctuary and raise sexual consciousness. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So please tell us about that. I, I You have uh, sensual retreats, places like Mexico that you go to? Yeah, we go to Mexico. We have sexual retreats because people have the ability to be just there for five days and just concentrate we do aphrodisiac menus we do workshops we do sensual activities so it's a way of disconnecting from the daily routine and then coming into a sexual sanctuary and what can that do for a relationship it's transformative it's very it's very sacred it's a very tantric environment so it just changes the relationship it deepens the intimacy and the connection with people now if you don't have time for five days to go out to mexico that's why i do home parties as well I and bring, tell us about those i bring the same san- thing yeah same thing i bring the sanctuary to your home for two and a half hours whether it's with 
couples or with your girlfriends, let's explore sex outside of the mundane world and let's make your space a sexual sanctuary to learn about anything that you want. And one last question before we have to go uh, to break. How do you coach people through both emotional and physical intimacy? In a minute. (laughs) (laughs) We can come back to it. Let's come back to it. Let's come again. We're going to break. Stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. You're listening to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio AM 640. So I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. So what's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Today's an old trend that we're seeing, and that's buyers can breathe. With the recent downtick, properties are staying on the market for a couple of days. That now gives buyers some breathing room to make a decision. But buyers make sure it's an informed decision by viewing a selection of properties with your realtor so you can confidently act fast to get your perfect property. Call or email me with any questions. They can reach you at HEP at bosleyrealestate.com or 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. Thanks for tuning in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. We're almost done. I'm so sad. What a great show. I know. Yeah. All I things come to an end. Den Temin, a sexologist with your... Uh, t- with us here today and comedian Peter Anthony, my co-host. Still having a good time. Filling in Great for Sandra topic. Carusi. Great guest. Yeah, she's amazing. Great hosts. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you. So uh, how do you coach people through both emotional and physical intimacy? Actually, I think that the journeys to your desires are infinite. And that's how I start coaching people, understanding that they're on journeys and trying to map those journeys. Where in your journey are you? Where were you and where do you want to go? Now, emotional and physical intimacy can either be related or separate. So we have to understand, is it connected for you? Is it separate? Where do you want to focus? Nothing is a one-size-fits-all. So I really, it's very custom-tailored. When I do an assessment, I need to understand where they were, where they are, and where they want to go. I give them an intake questionnaire, we talk about it, and we try to figure out and start mapping where is it that they as individuals and as a couple want to go. When I coach people, I actually have individual sessions and couple sessions because they're two individuals forming one relationship or then more than two individuals forming one relationship. So I have to figure out where are they and where are we going? And I think it's important for people to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is help for them if they need it. You know what? Here's the thing. There's a light. You don't have to end your relationship. Get help first before you do that because the grass is not always greener on the other side. People tend to think it might be, but who knows? That new person you get into a relationship with, sex might be great in the beginning, but the same thing happens over and over again. Sometimes there's no grass at all. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes. It's not about getting help. It's about getting support. And there is always light, not only at the end of the tunnel, but throughout the tunnel. There's always sparks of light throughout the tunnel. Just when you get to the end, can you see more light but if you can concentrate on seeing those sparks and understanding that there is hope throughout the process and not only at the end of the process it makes the journey easier i just wanted to come back to 
the lesson of communication, how important that it is. And I think sexually you should communicate as well. I had, I had a situation recently where I'm dating a new girl and the first time we made out, she was biting me. <laughs> she started to bite my lip. And I thought in my mind, geez, I don't like that at all. But I didn't say anything. I didn't because I didn't want to hurt her feelings. So then as the relationship goes on... Was she chompy or pinchy? Uh, I w- I w- it was more of a pinch. It was more of a pinch. It, it makes a difference. But as the rela- relationship went on the first time we actually had sex full on, she bit my nipple. And then I thought, I don't like that either. <laughs> Why, and did I, she and, bite it hard? Yeah, and I thought, I'm going to say something. Because if so you I don't, stopped. she might bite something else. Right. So I, Yeah, exactly. I put the, but I put the brakes on it. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. And she goes, what? I go, enough with the biting. And she says, you don't like biting? I said, absolutely not. I don't want to be bit. And then she goes, oh, then I won't bite you anymore. And I'm like, great, proceed. And that was that. And it worked. Well, here's the thing, though. You yucked her yum because you said... And I didn't want to hurt her feelings, but I did yuck her yum. You know, because you said enough. <laughs> There's a difference. You said enough with the biting. And maybe maybe her yum is biting. And you could have been like, you know, I'm not into biting. If you're into biting, maybe we could figure this out. But that's that's not my thing. Maybe maybe you can bite me with your lips and not your more centrally and not your teeth. Like or I could, I could give her like a wooden spoon to bite on. You know, you can do whatever you want, but just don't yuck her. Yum. It's Peter her Anthony. But don't yuck her yum. Did that, was that the end of the relationship after that? Probably not. No, I'm going to see her again. Oh, okay, so you're still seeing her then. Yeah, I'm just saying. Oh, this is the girl. Yeah, I'm just saying. It, oh. We got there. We got <laughs> she through She better it. not listen to gonna, the show. She's, she's not going to bite me anymore. She can listen if she wants. What do I care? She, she she's not gonna Ciao bite me now. anymore. And if but if she continues to bite me, next time she bites bites me, it's done. Let's put it that way. Here's a here's a tool that I give couples actually that I'm gonna give you. It's the communic it's the communication sandwich. So I'm gonna do the communication sandwich with oh, you. Sure. Two things that are really good and one that could improve. So one thing that was really good that you did was to actually communicate. One thing that you could improve was not to yuck her yum, but I statement. I don't really like biting. Instead of saying enough with the biting. Right. Yeah. And another thing that you did was continue to have that sexual intimacy and connection despite the awkward moment. We need to overcome the awkward. Oh, we that totally a, finished. And so that was great. You know, that yeah, was awesome. So you communicated and you overcame the awkward, but it's just about how you communicated that you could improve. There you go. I like that advice, and it's perfect. Don't yuck or yum. Well, you know what? The show is over. Oh my ah. God! I know. It went by so fast. We could do a whole another hour on biting alone. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much, Den, My for coming pleasure. in and really. speaking with us about sex within relationships and how to overcome challenges married or committed long-term couples may be facing. Or single. Yeah. Uh, we have certainly learned a lot about sexuality and intimacy between partners and how a happy, sexy, or sex life can equal a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. You can learn more from Den and receive support from Sexplore by visiting the website, sexplorewithdentemin.com. And thank you, Peter Anthony. You're hilarious. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Anytime, anywhere. Uh, the show. Yeah, so, you mean. can check him out uh, on his website, peteristfunny.com. He certainly is funny. He really is. I had a blast. Thank you. And if anyone out there is single and looking to mingle and meet someone, please check out singleinthecity.ca for personalized matchmaking and all sorts of great events that I have posted on the site. There's a dance coming up. I know. Yeah, dance. Yeah, and some great speed dating events. So thank you all for listening and have a great week, everyone. Have Ciao a great, for now. pleasurable week. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> Ciao for now, everyone.